chapter three thirty one of gargantua and pantagruel book three by francois rabelais this librivox recording is in the public domain how the physician brondabellus counselleth panurge panurge continuing his discourse said the first word which was spoken by him who gelded the lubberly quaffing monks of sauciniac after that he had unstoned friar calderial was this to the rest in like manner i say to the rest therefore i beseech you my good master rondabilis should i marry or not by the raking pace of my mule quoth rondabilis i know not what answer to make to this problem of yours you say that you feel in you the pricking stings of sensuality by which you are stirred up to venury i find in our faculty of medicine and we have founded our opinion therein upon the deliberate resolution and final decision of the ancient platonics that carnal concupiscence is cooled and quelled five several ways first by the means of wine i shall easily believe that quoth friar john for when i am well whittled with the juice of the grape i care for nothing else so i may sleep when i say quoth rondabilis that wine abateth lust my meaning is wine immoderately taken for by intemperancy proceeding from the excessive drinking of strong liquor there is brought upon the body of such a swill down boozer a chillness in the blood a slackening in the sinews a dissipation of the generative seed a numbness and habitation of the senses with a perversive wryness and convulsion of the muscles all which are great lets and impediments to the act of generation hence it is that bacchus the god of bibbers tipplers and drunkards is most commonly painted beardless and clad in a woman's habit as a person altogether effeminate or like a libbed eunuch wine nevertheless taken moderately worketh quite contrary effects as is implied by the old proverb which saith that venus takes cold when not accompanied with ceres and bacchus this opinion is of great antiquity as appeareth by the testimony of diodorus the sicilian and confirmed by pausanias and universally held amongst the lamsacians that don priapus was the son of bacchus and venus secondly the fervency of lust is abated by certain drugs plants herbs and roots which make the taker cold maleficiated unfit for and unable to perform the act of generation as have been often experimented in the water-lily heraclea agnus castus willow twigs hemp stalks woodbine honeysuckle tamarisk chaste tree mandrake bennet kekbuglas the skin of a hippopotam and many other such which by convenient doses proportioned to the peccant humour and constitution of the patient being duly and seasonably received within the body what by their elementary virtues on the one side and peculiar properties on the other do either benumb mortify and beclumps with cold and prolific cements or scatter and disperse the spirits which ought to have gone along with and conducted the sperm to the places destined and appointed for its reception or lastly shut up stop and obstruct the ways 
passages and conduits through which the seed should have been expelled evacuated and ejected we have nevertheless of those ingredients which being of a contrary operation heat the blood bend the nerves unite the spirits quicken the senses strengthen the muscles and thereby rouse up provoke excite and enable a man to the vigorous accomplishment of the feat of amorous dalliance i have no need of those quoth manage god be thanked and you my good master howsoever i pray you take no exemption or offence at these my words for what i have said was not out of any ill-will i did bear to you the lord he knows thirdly the ardour of lechery is very much subdued and mated by frequent labour and continual toiling for by painful exercises and laborious working so great a dissolution is brought upon the whole body that the blood which runneth alongst the channels of the veins thereof for the nourishment and alimentation of each of its members hath neither time leisure nor power to afford the seminal resudation or superfluity of the third concoction which nature most carefully reserves for the conservation of the individual whose preservation she more heedfully regardeth than the propagating of the species and the multiplication of humankind whence it is that diana is said to be chaste because she is never idle but always busied about her hunting for the same reason was a camp or leaguer of old called castrum as if they would have said castum because the soldiers wrestlers runners throwers of the bar and other such like athletic champions as are usually seen in the military circumvallation do incessantly travail in turmoil and are in a perpetual stir and agitation to this purpose hippocrates also writeth in his book de ari aqua et locus that in his time there were people in scythia as impotent as eunuchs in the discharge of a venerian exploit because that without any cessation pause or respite they were never from from off horseback or otherwise assiduously employed in some troublesome and molesting drudgery on the other part in opposition and repugnancy hereto the philosophers say that idleness is the mother of luxury when it was asked ovid why aegisthus became an adulterer he made no other answer but this because he was idle who were able to rid the world of loitering and laziness might easily frustrate and disappoint cupid of all his designs aims engines and devices and so disable and appall him that his bow quiver and dart should from thenceforth be a mere needless load and burden to him for that it could not then lie in his power to strike or wound any of either sex with all the arms he had he is not i believe so expert an archer as that he can hit the cranes flying in the air or yet the young stags skipping through the thickets as the parthians knew well how to do that is to say people moiling stirring and hurrying up and down restless and without repose he must have those hushed still quiet lying at a stay lither and full of ease whom he is able though his mother help him to touch much less to pierce with all his arrows in confirmation hereof theophrastus being asked on a time what kind of beast or thing he judged a toyish wanting love to be he made answer that it was a passion of idle and sluggish spirits from which pretty description of tickling love tricks that of diogenes's hatching was not very discrepant when he defined lettery the occupation of folks destitute of all other occupation for this cause the cyconian engraver canacus being desirous to give us to understand that sloth drowsiness negligence and laziness were the prime 
guardians and governesses of ribaldry made the statue of venus not standing as other stone-cutters had used to do but sitting fourthly the tickling pricks of incontinency are blunted by an eager study for from thence proceedeth an incredible resolution of the spirits that oftentimes there do not remain so many behind as may suffice to push and thrust forwards the generative resudation to the places thereto appropriated and therewithal inflate the cavernous nerve whose office is to ejaculate the moisture of the propagation of human progeny lest you should think it is not so be pleased but to contemplate a little the form fashion and carriage of a man exceeding earnestly set upon some learned meditation and deeply plunged therein and you shall see how all the arteries of his brains are stretched forth and bent like the string of a crossbow the more promptly dexterously and copiously to supplicate furnish and supply him with store of spirits sufficient to replenish and fill up the ventricles seats tunnels mansions receptacles and cellules of the common sense of the imagination apprehension and fancy of the ratiocination arguing and resolution as likewise of the memory recordation and remembrance and with great alacrity nimbleness and agility to run pass and course from the one to the other through those pipes windings and conduits which to skilful anatomists are perceivable at the end of the wonderful net where all the arteries close in a terminating point which arteries taking their rise and origin from the left capsule of the heart bring through several circus sandwiches and and fragmentuosities the vital to subtilize and refine them to the ethereal purity of animal spirits nay in such a studiously musing person you may espy so extravagant raptures of one as it were out of himself that all his natural faculties for that time will seem to be suspended from each their proper charge and office in his exterior senses to be at a stand in a word you cannot otherwise choose than think that he is by an extraordinary ecstasy quite transported out of what he was or should be and that socrates did not speak improperly when he said that philosophy was nothing else but a meditation upon death this possibly is the reason why democritus deprived himself of the sense of seeing prizing at a much lower rate the loss of his sight than the diminution of his contemplations which he frequently had found disturbed by the vagrant flying out strains of his unsettled and roving eyes therefore is it that pallas the goddess of wisdom tutoress and guardianess of such as are diligently studious and painfully industrious is and hath been still accounted a virgin the muses upon the same consideration are esteemed perpetual maids and the graces for the like reason have been held to continue in a sempiternal pudicity i remember to have read that cupid on a time being asked of his mother venus why he did not assault and set upon the muses his answer was that he found them so fair so sweet so fine so neat so wise so learned so modest so discreet so courteous so virtuous and so continually busied and employed one in the speculation of the stars another in the supputation of numbers the third in the dimension of geometrical quantities the fourth in the composition of heroic poems the fifth in the jovial interludes of a comic strain the sixth in the stately gravity of a tragic vein the seventh in the melodious disposition of musical airs the eighth in the completest manner of writing histories and books on all sorts of subjects 
and the ninth in the mysteries secrets and curiosities of all sciences faculties disciplines and arts whatsoever whether liberal or mechanic that approaching near unto them he unbended his bow shut his quiver and extinguished his torch through mere shame and fear that by mischance he might do them some hurt and prejudice which done he thereafter put off the fillet wherewith his eyes were bound to look them in the face and to hear their melody and poetic odes there took he the greatest pleasure in the world that many times he was transported with their beauty and pretty behaviour and charmed asleep by the harmony so far was he from assaulting them or interrupting their studies under this article may be comprised what hippocrates wrote in the aforesighted treatise concerning the scythians as also that in a book of his entitled of breeding and production where he hath affirmed all such men to be unfit for generation as have their parroted arteries cut whose situation is beside the ears for the reason given already when i was speaking of the resolution of the spirits and of that spiritual blood whereof the arteries are the sole and proper receptacles and that likewise he doth maintain a large portion of the peristatic liquor to issue and descend from the brains and backbone fifthly by the too frequent reiteration of the act of venery there did i wait for you quoth panurge and shall willingly apply it to myself whilst any one that pleaseth may for me make use of any of the four preceding that is the very same thing quoth friar john which father Celino, prior of saint victor at marseilles calleth by the name of maceration and taming of the flesh i am of the same opinion and so was the hermit of saint radagonda a little above chenon for quoth he the hermits of thebaid can no more aptly or expediently macerate and bring down the pride of their bodies daunt and mortify their lecherous sensuality or depress and overcome the stubbornness and rebellion of the flesh than by duffling and fanfrolucking it five and twenty or thirty times a day i see panurge quoth rondabilis neatly featured and proportioned in all the members of his body of a good temperament in his humours well complexioned in his spirits of a competent age in an opportune time and of a reasonably forward mind to be married truly if he encounter with a wife of the like nature temperament and constitution he may beget upon her children worthy of some transpontine monarchy and the sooner he marry it will be the better for him and the more conducible for his profit if he would see and have his children in his own time well provided for sir my worthy master quoth panurge i will do it do not you doubt thereof and that quickly enough i warrant you nevertheless whilst you were busied in the uttering of your learned discourse this flea which i have in mine ear hath tickled me more than ever i retain you in the number of my festival guests and promise to you that we shall not want for mirth and good cheer enough yea over and above the ordinary rate and if it may please you desire your wife to come along with you together with her she friends and neighbours that is to be understood and there shall be fair play End of chapter three thirty one